This is LifeLinks with a DL link. 101.9 Chai FM. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Good afternoon to you. I hope you're having a fabulous Thursday. I certainly am. My name is Nikki Seberini with you for the next hour and as usual on this show we bring you lots of information and we try and inspire you along the way. Um, a, a while ago, a good few weeks ago, we we tried to um, have Professor Carol and Ben on the show. Unfortunately, we had her wrong number and there was a complication and how often um, we've had uh, warriors in the studio breast cancer warriors and they talk so highly of Professor Carol Ann Ben um, and really sing the praises of this phenomenal woman who is a specialist surgeon and head of the Helen Joseph and Nick Care Breast Care Centre. So I really, really am delighted. She is a very busy lady. So for her to take time out to have a chat with us this afternoon um, really is, a, is an honour for us. Um, she's a fellow of the College of Surgeons of South Africa with a special interest in breast disease and her capacity as head of the breast unit of the Helen Joseph Hospital proves her long career and her commitment to clinical excellence in this field of medical speciality. And Professor Ben offers services to society and the greater medical community, both locally and internationally, through her contributions published and presented, and she's recognized internationally as a leader in breast disease. To have a, a word with us today, you know, we've had um, we've had liberty in the studio, and we've been talking about the claim um, for 2017 and how alarming those claims are in terms of more and more young people being diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, yeah. when, we, when we look at international studies, and certainly here in South Africa, the statistics are alarming, uh, just looking at how many more people um, are being diagnosed. I know that in the uh, Cancer Research UK, um, they've, they're now saying that one out of two people will get cancer. And here in South Africa, the, uh, a recent study by a medical journal, Lancet, have said that by 2030, they've predicted that there will be a 78% increase right. in cancer. That's so, frightening, Professor. So if you look at the global stats, by 2030, we're looking at about a 70% increase in cancer. So I'm sitting here with my head into the breast clinic, and I've just diagnosed three youngsters under the age of 34 sure. with breast cancer. So we do see cancer in youngsters. What we've got to remember is people are more likely to get cancer as they get older. Yeah. So 65% of all people who get cancer have no risk factors whatsoever. 20% have random familial genetics, such as cancer on mom's side or dad's side or breast, stomach, colon, skin, etc. Okay. And then... 10% have like the Angelina Jolie, the bracket D, bracket 1 and bracket 2. Mm-hmm. I think for most women, they must realize that if they pick up a concern, they must be able to access good health care. So we do see cancer in men. It's far less common than in women. Um, we do have a slightly higher incidence schemes here in South Africa. The international incidence in men is 1%. And in women, it's, um, in, in sub-Saharan Africa, it's 2-3% of the total breast cancers. So when I talk about, as people get older, so one in four people over 70 will have a cancer. But I think the, the, the good news story is that we're getting better and better at treating cancer. Yeah, absolutely. And the, 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 the secret is, is if there's something concerning, go seek health care. 
you mustn't be previewed and pushed off and no one has eyes on their fingers where they can turn around and say to you, well, it can't be a breast cancer, you're too young. Mm. Or um, this feels like a fibrocystic or a fibrinoma, not at all. So the way to diagnose the correct radiology investigation. So if you don't have an ultrasound, if you're older than 35, a mammogram, an ultrasound, and if something suspicious is seen, it's not a surgical biopsy that's needed. It's something called a core needle biopsy. You do a radiology investigation. Now, sometimes the problem comes in here that um, you can get your mammograms and ultrasounds done through your medical aid, but then to get your biopsy done, you land up with uh, healthcare costs. So there's no such thing again as an emergency biopsy. Mm-hmm. So find out what the costs are up front. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I've got a whole lot of patients that land up with biopsies done, and we land up managing them in my government unit here because they think they're on a medical aid, but they're on some scuzzy little insurance that actually offers them nothing. And every single person has the right to access good quality health care. And to do that, you need to take time, make the diagnosis, go with counseling to a friend, speak to navigators. So a very important part of both my Helen and Joseph and my Park unit are trained navigators to help and guide people, mm. you know, because mm. it's so traumatic. Yeah. You suddenly have a diagnosis. 32, mm. and now what? Mm. This, this, this brand new landscape, that scary landscape that needs to be navigated. And Professor That's Ben, right. so, so I think the very uh, strong... Carol, uh, thanks, Carol. I, I think the strong message that's coming through, certainly for me, is that um, people who are listening now should be very aware of what kind of cover they have in terms of their medical aid. And besides yes. everything else, they really look at the small print, make sure that you're covered for everything so that if it does happen, um, you wow. can have all, all the right treatment. It's such a difficult call whether you say covered for everything. I mm. mean, I've just gone through moving a diabetic child from one medical aid to another under the impression that I was getting good and better cover and then having to pay large amounts because it fitted a three-year option and not a one-year option. Mm. So the fact of the matter is I think that when we understand medical aid, they're not there to aid you. They are insurance schemes. Mm. Insurance schemes are like, you know, you knock your car and you have a, what, what do you call it? A top-up or something that you have to yes, pay. And yes. then someone wants to preview when doing this and when doing that. they just that. They are insurance schemes. It's insurance cover, so it pays some of it, not all of it, mm. okay? Mm. Um, and so we say to people, find out what all the costs and all the options are before you just head on through because there are ways that we can manage things. And I mean, it's not just around diagnosing cancers. It's around issues such as you think you get an oncology benefit of so much and then you have to pay in so much mm. and then... So these are all important issues that people need to know. And often we as doctors don't know ourselves. And um, I just think as long as there's open conversations and people know what's going on and they have a right to choice and a right to understanding and a right to negotiating. Because, I mean, sometimes I look at my unit, I see teachers and nursing statistics, and I say to them, you know, are you going to do what the medical aid pays in this? Because you don't know what's attached to this code and that code. So it's a whole thing. So not, it's called financial navigation. 
so not only are you having to go through the stress and anxiety of a cancer diagnosis, what treatment you should have. That's why I think everything should be discussed in a multidisciplinary environment. Mm. But you have further that to deal with family issues, psychological issues, and um, financial issues. So that's why for me this issue around navigating people through a cancer process or any chronic disease process is so critical. Yeah. So it's about taking time, speaking to people. You can also speak to two because, you know, I always say that's why it must be a trained navigator. If you get two types of people, you're like, you get to, oh my God, I'm so sorry I heard my auntie had cancer and died. Mm. No, that's not really helpful. Mm. Or you get to, how can I help? Can I take you to a chemo session? Can I bring food? Can I help out at home? That type of thing. So, so it's about understanding also that each cancer is different and each patient is different. It's not one size fits all. I always say when they, you know one of those dresses, buy this one size fits all. It'll never fit me because I'm tall and skinny. Okay, no asthma boots, so it doesn't fit me. Okay, mm-hmm. so the fact of the matter, we need to realise that that is healthcare. It's not one size fits all. Yeah. It's about making sure that we listen to people and we listen to patients. It's making sure that we respect the fact that it's their body and their right to choice. It, it's about understanding that we must go over all the options with them about what's safe. I mean, I just um, downloaded an article about 40% of people in the U.S. believe that alternative treatments cure cancer. Now, we know they don't. In fact, I've got one of my head of complementary oncologists at the moment doing a, a talk around this. It's not that you can't use them, complement them with your treatment, but you need to be sensible. I mean, some of the things I've had the worst reactions and allergic reactions to are to me taking supplements, and I'm a bit of a supplement junkie. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the matter is the kind of a security blanket that we think can solve panacea everything, but it's not like that. Yeah. Whether something is a herb, a food or drink, it can be a medicine in the right amount. So I often use the analogy, some of our chemotherapies today are derived from pure plants. How natural is that? Mm, mm, mm. Um, Carol, th- such valuable input. I just um, Someone's just sent through a message and um, asked the question, and you mentioned it. Um, the age where you must start having mammograms, you said at the age of 40? Yeah, so basically remember mammogram screening is about health economics. So the, the current health economic climate is that international screening is happening from 50. In the U.S., in the U.K., it's free early. So we hmm. would love it if we could screen everyone from 55, but we can't yeah. because there's a cost attached to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why if you've got a problem, you must be a doctor who must write a motivation that you need the right investigation. Okay. But from a screening point of view, screening from 50. Okay. From 50. And and how someone else has asked, when should you test for BRCA? For BRCA? Yeah. So the thing is, it's good to have an index case. So you've got someone with a cancer and they've got a family history of mommy, granny, this, that. We can test that person. So we look at clusters of cancers in family and we look at ages at which the cancers occur. And certain types of cancers, if they cluster together, then we are more concerned about there being a BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene. Okay. But you need to be well counseled. So you can't just take someone off the street and say, I'm going to test for BRCA. Um, 
And also, basically, it's like I said, index cases, where there are cancers, and you've got a cancer, and you test the person with a cancer. So if you're a child of someone where your mom had breast cancer at 60, and there's not other significant cancers in the family, testing that person for BRCA is not a sensible thing to do. Okay. So in both um, my unit, we have extensive genetic aspects to the unit. And remember, we're medically not that genetically clever. So we often test for what we call founder mutations, which means Ashkenazi Jews or founder of the kind of mutations when there can be many combinations causing genetics. Mm-hmm. So it's only accounts for up 10% of diagnose cancers. Okay. Um, thanks, Carol. One more question before we, we let you go. So for people listening now, um, and we you talk about um, uh, self-investigation, you know, we want early detection. What are we looking out for in the breast? How do we know what is dangerous? Yeah. Must it be hard? Is it soft? What are we looking out for? That's such a good question. So you got to know your body. Okay. So you pick up a, a time if you uh, see your period a couple of days afterwards. If you don't, you just choose a calendar day each month. Stand naked in front of the mirror, lift your arms to the side, and notice, I always say give your breast a jiggle. See if anything's pulling in or moving in any funny direction. We often examine our breast too hard. So you go to what I call the lot. Just feel the breast very gently. Gently, okay. And the, the big mistake we make is everyone wants to lift their arms above their head when they check their glands. We do that when we do a sonar, but if you relax your arm gently in the side, you can actually feel your lymph nodes a lot better. So you're looking for change. So red hot inflamed breast, changes on the nipple, masses that you're not sure. And remember, you don't have eyes on your fingers. So if you're not sure, you go see a doctor. Okay. Do not get brushed off. You say, this is what I'm feeling. And there must be an explanation. And if it's a lump, they must say you at least for an ultrasound so you can know what's going on. Okay. Hard or soft lumps? Sorry? Lump. Oh, should we be more uh, cautious around a hard or a soft lump? I mean, how, how do we... So, because no, some breasts worry. are very lumpy. It's a soft lump, it can be... It can, so if it's a hard lump, it can't be. So what you've got to do is, if it's a lump and it wasn't your last month, you've okay. got a sensible estimation. Okay. So... You need to know your breast. So if you develop lots of cysts every month, then you know this is a, if something is different and doesn't feel the same. It requires a sensible investigation. Okay. Fantastic. Wow, Carol. Um, I, I wish we could spend more time. You've given us such, such valuable information. Thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope one day it's you'll join absolutely. us in the studio. <laughs> absolute pleasure. You oh, thank okay. you so much. Have a wonderful day, Carol. Bye-bye. Bye. Professor Carol Ann Ben, such a busy woman, and yet every person who has ever spoken about her talks about this woman with so much care who stops everything just to sit with you bring teams of people together you are a human being you're not just a patient and you know that amount of time spent with us this afternoon really really incredible and I think valuable information as I've said looking at your medical aid um, as as she said we just making sure we all have access to good 
quality health care and the, the self-examination, um, knowing your body. I think it's fear that holds us back many, many times. We don't want to go there. God forbid we feel something. But let's just do it. Let's just cross the barrier. Let's just, a few days after our periods, let's stand naked in front of the mirror, know our body, see if there's any change to the breast. And as, as Carol said, very gently move around. You don't lift your arms up. And if you feel something that you didn't feel the month before, Go to a doctor. Don't put it off. The fear is going to hit you. Just go to the doctor and, and find out what it is. Gee, I hope you found that as interesting and informative as I did. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to look at the power of women. Stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Thank you very much for staying with us. And so we continue here on the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Uh, we just had Professor Carol Ann Ben on the show. I said just before the break, let's talk women power. Um, I have Charlotte Duplessis in the studio who is the founder and managing director of WAS, Women of Stature. Charlotte, welcome. Thank you so much, Nikki, and um, hi there to all your listeners. So, you know, when I was talking to Carol, you were nodding and you were nodding and you were nodding because you've been down this road and you know, uh, Professor Ben. I do. Do you you have a personal account? Share it with us. Well, yes, I do have a personal account. It touched our family. Uh, My my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer when um, she was 65 Mm -hmm. and she 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 you know, obviously went through the trauma that um, Carol has mentioned. And I think the biggest um, learning um, experience that I've had through Carol was or is that breast cancer is not a death sentence and that breast cancer can definitely be um Healed, if mm. I can call cured. it that, Absolutely. and cured. Right. Because in the days when uh, my mother was diagnosed, there was very little information available to the woman, and it was just like within forty-eight hours, my mother's breast was removed, and um, she had to carry on with life. So I just say thank goodness for for um, the the medical fraternity that um, technology and um, you know just just the research that's gone into it already has made it that much more um, available information available to women and not you, to go you there. You were saying off air um, that you learned how cruel yes. um, that the medical fraternity could be just in yeah. terms of you've been diagnosed, your mother mm. was completely overwhelmed, and mm. then she was whipped into surgery. Correct, correct. And and that has definitely changed, um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I think it's changed um, because of, of people like um, Professor Ben. Um, who's been doing years and years of research, and um, you know her first her first um, appointment that I've just had, in fact, with my mother-in-law, who's ninety-eight years old. I must tell you. Oh wow! Um, wow! And you know, the, and you know what? Ca- yeah, and what Carol just said to us is, "Don't worry, just relax." You know, and uh, take, took her through a through a consultation. So yes, and Carol was also um, one of the uh, nominees in the Woman of Stature, Woman of the Year Awards two years ago. Um, she, you know, I nominated her because of the incredible work that she's doing in that space. So that's that's also a 
why um, our association is very close. Mm. And I also do support the Breast Health Foundation. It's my, um, I've adopted the, the Breast Health Foundation as my charity of choice. And I, um, I firmly believe in what, what they do. And uh, so everything that I do regarding breast cancer, um, awareness and um, is is in in you know obviously to thank her and the rest of the medical fraternity for what right. they're doing for women these days. Right. I think it's incredible. Wow, Charlotte, that that mm. sounds incredible. Mm. So yeah. let's talk about this woman of stature. This was <laughs> um, how did you get the idea and, and and what is it all about really? Well. It, it was my mother's breast cancer. That was the incident. Um, because strangely enough, when you start something, it's generally an incident that's happened in your life. And then that triggers something. And then you start to think about what can I do to make a difference in the lives of other people? Mm-hmm. So when my mother was uh, diagnosed, the only breast cancer fa- um, a, a charity that was around at the time, because I'm talking about uh, 20 odd years, uh, almost 30 odd years ago, was the Cancer Association of South Africa. And I started um, by being, by being a volunteer fundraiser for them and specifically um, started the, 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 the journey, if I can say, to empower women um, through the fundraising. So in 2001, I actually launched the Women of the Year Awards. It wasn't a branded event. It wasn't a branded organization. It was just simply Charlotte saying to cancer, what can I do to help you? And then the concept um, which I which I brought into it was to then get these ladies to start raising funds, helping me to towards a target. And then I thought, well, at the time when I thought about the concept, um, I followed a concept that I had actually won a competition. It was a beauty pageant. But it had the the fundraising aspect as well. So I was 35 years at, a t- at the time. So I must tell you that's many, many, many years ago. Um, I don't believe it. Uh, it, it is you, most definitely. No, okay, <laughs> now we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> but um, so the concept was quite simply: uh, women were recruited, and they would then raise money, and then there would be the two two. Um, uh, uh, divisions, if I can call it that. One would be the lady that rose, r- uh, raised the most money, and the other one is who's the most beautiful lady. And God has graced me at, you know, with with good looks. Um, thank goodness uh, for my parents because it's from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, looking back at, at what, what what I did with that was, um, I simply took that concept that I'd won the title Lady of the Year, and I said, okay, one day I will do something similar. So that's where I started the Woman okay. of the Year. And this has been going on now since 2001, and I officially launched and branded and named um, our organization in uh, 2013, 2013, and it became the Woman of Substance, uh, which then had to, well, when I say needed to be changed or had to be changed because there was another organization that was actually running an annual Woman of Substance Award, and it's the African Woman Chartered Accountants, and uh, we came to a very amicable agreement that I would change the name, which I did in 2015, and we've, we've remained best friends since then, so, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's always a, it's a, it's a heartfelt, passionate decision to make, but at the end of the day, you know, if one, when one door closes, you know that the other door is already standing open confused so that's what happened in 2015 so what what is woman of stature uh, you asked me earlier on well woman of stature is a national training development and networking organization and we have developed an ethos of inclusivity 
purposeful uh, intent and professional intent, uh, integrity. And what do I mean by um, in- inclusivity? Well, what I'm saying here is it's not a business organization. It's an organization for women. We want to tap into you from an early age, from when you start your career path, not sure what you want to do. You need some guidance right through to whether you're at home, home as a home builder or a businesswoman, an entrepreneur and a retiree because Ultimately, that wisdom and that incredible experience you've gained over the many years, we want to harness that. We want you to help us to support other young women and other women and in turn also become very, very inspired by women because we must not forget that women, that, that age is but mere a number and that there is no ceiling to win, to what you can do at what age. So never consider yourself as a retiree but as moving into a new season of your life mm. and, and harnessing that. Mm. Then our belief, of course, is we rise by lifting others. And um, this resonates deeply and with us, and we celebrate diversity on all levels. So we are in on a very, very um, aggressive campaign now, together with Jenna Clifford, um, Shireen Hunter from the Hunter Group, and several other incredible women that are in- influential, inspiring, um, that that have the same um, values and vision. And that is that we want to create an an ethos amongst all women to lift up one another and not to be in, in a competitive mindset. You know, it's it's the the worst thing that you can do is be com too competitive because that invariably will have some sort of uh, repercussion or reaction that can sometimes um, not uh, stand you in good stead. So that is our, that is definitely what we, what we um, advocate. And then of course, what we are doing is we're seeking to empower South African female entrepreneurs and professional speakers to become globally competitive players in a world market. What do I mean by that? Entrepreneurs, hardest place to be, lonely, um, you can become very, very fearful, and uh, it's a very isolated world to be in as to, to, to be, be running your own business. So what we're creating, and I'm very excited to say that we almost at the tip of launching it, is we're creating a platform where women in business can become partners in business without having to give up their business, but that we start working as a how. Well, watch the space. Okay. Watch the space. Be watching. Because the thing that we, we're finding with women, and I've been there, and that is why I can profess quite easily that you, you start this business, and then suddenly you realize I don't have the resources. I don't have the financial resources and the human resources. And I, suddenly you start finding yourself in a financial predicament, and then you, you don't have capital, and then you want to go and find capital, and then they turn around and say, well, you haven't had enough um, years in your business. And so, you know, you have all of these things that are playing against you of actually becoming a successful entrepreneur. So what I've decided to do, and I'm, I'm taking a step in faith here, Nikki, mm-hmm. I'm stepping out and I'm you, saying... You're saying it out. It's, it's I'm out there, saying right? it out there. I'm putting <laughs> it out there to all women. Why not, why not let's form a collaborative company of women that are running their businesses under one umbrella so that when we go out there and we say that this is what we can offer you, Mr. Corporate Company, or that, that we have a collection of, of resources and we share. You know, let's share. Let's say, uh, I can't do this, but you can do that. You can do this, but I can't. You know, just, just start sharing. Sharing um, resources, sharing knowledge, sharing expertise. 
Um, because I've been there. I've done it. I've done it for 15 years now. And I can tell you that I had to close one business to open up another one. Then I had to close a business to open up another one. And what is the biggest stumbling block for a woman in business? I don't know. It is confidence. Because the minute you start struggling, your confidence level starts to drop. Your self-esteem starts to drop. So you're becoming fearful. Then that fear starts to set into anxiety. And then suddenly you have to start looking at, well, I'm going to have to go and find a job now. And I'm going to have to do that. So you, you, you start um, uh, uh, becoming irrational in your decision-making. because so you're you, saying you, collaborate with others, support. I'm telling and you, it's you the there. only way to do it. And I Amazing. can tell you that I've got women standing right alongside me. And I've said Jenna Clifford up front because Jenna and I have started campaigning this to rise women up, get them to work as a collective, do not be in silos. Stop Stop wanting to be everything to everybody. You can't. As much as what you want to, you, you do have your limitations. Respect those limitations and share in the, 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 the collective body where you can then pull resources in from other women. And we are going to make a huge difference in South Africa because women is going to make the world Go around. We're watching the space, Charlotte. We're watching the space. Listen, don't go anywhere. Stay right there because sure. our next guest, you know, um, and also you, you have a connection with a, a beauty competition and fundraisers and whatever because we have a uh, Candice uh, Roberts uh, in the studio who is a finalist for Mrs. South Africa and she's Mrs. Charity. And you know, I, I, we, 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 you spoke about how wonderful it is to go out there, raise funds for a good cause. And she's just been involved in a, Incredible fundraiser, which went to uh, breast cancer, I think, research. Well, but Candice will, will tell us a little bit more. Candice, welcome. Fabulous having you here. Thank you so much for having me. So when were you uh, Mrs. Uh, South Africa finest? Was it this year? No, it was last year. Yes. Uh, class of 2017, mm-hmm. so I'm Mrs. Charity 2018. And wow. I've just handed over my charity to Adele Kulin, who's the new Mrs. Charity. So now how does this work? How old do you have to be to enter Mrs. South Africa? You have to be 26. It's between 26 and 50. 26 and 50. That's, that's, that's a big gap. That's a big gap. A 50-year-old and a 26-year-old standing next to one another. So what is it based on? What's the criteria for Mrs. South Africa? Well, basically, you have to be it's, – it's not a beauty competition. It's a woman empowerment competition. Mm-hmm. And you have to be married uh, to be able to enter the competition. So while you're busy with, on your journey – they ask you to raise money, and the Mrs. Charity uh, sash is given to the person who uh, raised the most money. And last year, I had an event um, which was called Breakfast and Bubbles at the Maslow Hotel, mm-hmm. and I managed to raise the most amount of money for cancer. Which is why you were Mrs. Charity. Mrs. Charity. Yes. But, but you know, let's go before the Mrs. South Africa because you've had successful businesses. I mean, you are an, an entrepreneur. Charlotte's talking to all of these, um, ideas of women and this collective and collaborating. T- tell us a little bit more about your experience. Okay. So yes, I've, I've, I'm very intrigued. I, um, I've had Calorie Conscious for nine years. It's one of, Four of the businesses that I own. Um, One of four businesses that you own. Yes. And you're a Mrs. Charity and you do a whole lot of fundraising. That's correct. Fabulous. Carry on. So, um, but uh, Calorie Conscious is my my most successful business, I would say. So we started it nine years ago, uh, my brother and I, and we started it in a health clinic. 
And we were training people and making them healthy. And then we decided, you know what, we're going to start cooking for them. So we started doing breakfast, lunch, and supper and snacks delivered to everyone's homes. And that grew into a, uh, into a business. And then from there, you know, we had about 360 clients. And it would be the business would do this. So up you'd and down. Up and down. Mm-hmm. So come November the 15th, you've got 360 clients. One December, you've got 16 because everyone's now on holiday. And then January, you've got 360 again. Because they've just been on holiday and put on 10 kilos. That's correct. But now you have to recover from that month where you didn't have any income. You've Uh got the same expenses, but no, no income. So then my brother said, you know what, let's start manufacturing on a large scale. And that's how we got into calorie conscious, uh, into the baking side. So today, uh, we bake for majority of the retailers. Uh, we've got quite a lot of staff, and I send all across the country. What are you baking? So I do wheat-free, gluten-free, banting, and low-carb products. Gee, and you, you, who do you supply? Supply the retailers and health shops, and as well as um, smaller stores. Gee, fantastic. That's mm. really, really inspirational. And And just in terms of... Quickly, before we stop for the break, what Charlotte said, having your own business, you've got four, that sense of being alone. I mean, you're in business with your brother and to have a partner and to be able to um, connect and talk and innovate together. Have you found it a lonely road with some of the businesses? You know what? I'm a very different type of person. If you say if there's a problem, I take it head on. So I haven't really found it lonely, but you know what? Every business has got its problems. Mm. And... It just depends on, on from person to person mm. how you tackle that. And that's why I'm so excited to see what, what Charlotte's doing because a lot of women go through that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited and like to see and how we can partner. Oh, oh fantastic. Something yes. happened after. Great, mm. great. So tell us about the, the fundraiser. It was, a, it's a, it was a fundraiser for cancer. Was it breast cancer specifically or just mm. general? So when I received the sash, I was um, ambassador for cancer as well as Woman for Woman, who's the new charity for Mrs. South Africa. So I decided to have an exit event, and that was for cancer directly. And um, we had it at, at La Rosa at, at um, Monte Cassino, and it was phenomenal. I brought back the, the ladies from 2017 to model for me, and we had a, a four designer showcase. And I also had Leanne Lamini perform, Tanya V, Hildegard White from Seven Delon, and the whole crew pitched up, which was phenomenal. And we just raised money. It was fantastic. Why cancer? My dad was diagnosed with stage four um, prostate cancer in 2010, and we didn't know where, where we were standing. Right. And that's very close to my heart. I'm, I'm very lucky to say he's in remission after, after eight years. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's close to my heart, and I will stay involved with cancer for the rest of my life. I was going to say, so what, I mean, how are you moving forward now that you've handed the crown over or the sash over, so to speak? How will you continue with this um, uh, helping out and, and raising funds for cancer organizations? Well, I've started a foundation called the Candace Robertson Foundation. You will find out about that in the next week when mm-hmm. we do all the press releases. But... Um, I look after 15 other foundations under under that specific foundation, and cancer is actually one of the main ones. So I'll remain an ambassador for them and carry on the journey with them. Wow, fantastic. So inspiring. I mean, I'm sure our listeners are very inspired listening to you two very powerful uh, philanthropic women. Well, you know, if you don't um, step out in your um, out of your comfort zone and I just say that you know I've been fortunate in that I've had life experience 
because um, I'm, as I said, I'm um, a little bit older than most of you in the in the studio, and that definitely helps. But I can say that I'm really, really um, uh, inspired by by you, um, Chantal, and I think. Um, young women um, that are coming f- that are stepping forward and doing and making a difference um, is is really something that I would like to encourage other young women to do and the Mr. South Africa platform has certainly been one of the great platforms where this is um, evident so Fabulous. very well thank done you. to you Fabulous, thank you, thank you ladies, thank you for coming into the studio inspiring us um, and continue with your great work really having having you in has been wonderful Charlotte Duplessis, founder and managing director of Was Women of Stature and Candace Robertson um, she was the finalist of Mrs. SA um, and Mrs. Charity and look out for those wonderful, you didn't give us a name of, of your products, of what, what, what it is that you bake, what, what, what can we look out for It's called Calorie Conscious, oh, so it's, it's under Kelly Kelly yes, conscious and okay. please have a look out next week in the checker stores we're launching another 16 lines next week Thursday mm, say no more thank, thank you. you ladies lovely thank having you. you on the show we're going to thank take you, a quick Nikki. break and then we are talking the 947 cycle challenge yes you can get involved we're looking for sponsorship of course the DL link is very bu- uh, busy putting their team together it's happening on the 18th of November which is around Le Corner. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Life Links with a DL Link. On 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Nikki Seberini, really loving the show. I hope you are too, the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. The DL Link team work tirelessly, um, always raising funds so that they can provide um, that very niche, um, very important support uh, for the cancer warriors and their families. And they do it day and night, day in and day out, and they change people's lives um, um, and just extraordinary what they do. So there's never a break. There's never a sigh. It never ends. They're always moving on to the next project, and it's always bigger, and it's always better. So last year we were talking about the 947 race, and it was a much smaller um, team that they put together. And, you know, as always, I think it's just over 90 people who will be cycling under the DL Link banner. I know a whole group from um, Liberty will be going. So it's really, really very exciting. Happening on Sunday, um, the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge. Um, but we always love to have, we, we want to put voices and faces to the team that the DL Link send out, especially when they're doing so much good in our community. So I, I really am very happy to have Daniel Singer in the studio. Daniel, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. You look very well rested for someone who's in training. Uh, Are you training? I, I have been training. Uh, thank you. A big shout out to my coach uh, who I'm riding with, Lenny Glasser, who Hello, got Lenny. me into cycling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like feeling ready, always loved sports and uh, looking forward to raising money for a fantastic uh, organization. Good for you. So you are a law student. That's correct. And you're a volunteer. You're a Hatsola volunteer, a paramedic volunteer. That's correct. Unbelievable. How did you get involved? Um, so it's actually a... Um, it's all. I feel like the whole process has led up to this moment really? to be uh, raising money for the DL Link. Yes. Um, wasn't always a, a religious yid. Uh-huh. Um, I had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer, Daniel Copans. And from that moment, I started like getting more involved, wanted to take on things in his merit. Started keeping Shabbos, started keeping kosher. Mm. The opportunity, like it just all felt like from above. Uh, from there, 
once I was keeping Shabbos and Kosher, the opportunity came around where Hatsolo was looking for more volunteers. Always loved uh, the medical field. So joined Hatsola, worked there as a full-timer while I was doing my degree. Uh, thank God I got an awesome job in July uh, in a startup, which is going fantastically well. And uh, the opportunity came around to ride for the DL Link. And I, w- I asked if I could do it uh, in my late friend, Daniel Copan's honor. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So I've just been raising funds. Spoke to Daniel's mom and she loved the idea. So that's it, eh? So you're riding with his name? That's correct. Sure. That's that's so emotional and marvelous to hear. So your life is unfolding in an incredible way. Um, and it's after you made a very conscious decision to change a few things in your life. So how long have you been cycling for? <laughs> so I've only been cycling for a few months. Listen, um, that gives me hope. Yeah, anyone I mean, can do possible, it, I feel. it's possible, right? It's possible. Okay. Anyone can do it. It's... Um, I love the sport. I really do. I got into it very quickly and I found a passion for it. It was awesome to find like a team sport to get back into after my soccer career ended. Uh, so, yeah, it's been like awesome. Sunday mornings, listen, you have to give up the jaw on Saturday night to do it. I but, do. Yeah, uh, you're up it's early a sacrifice. On a yeah, morning. yeah, I have to be up early on a Sunday morning. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, God's given us our bodies and whatever to give back to people and to give back to awesome organizations like this. So it just feels right, and it feels like the right thing to do, and I, I feel good to be doing it and sacrificing my time to give back to people who do so much for this community who's not always heard about uh, the DL Link. I'm saying I only learned about them earlier this year when the opportunity came about, and catering to over 750 families who have cancer sufferers. It's no easy feat. It's a 24-7 job. Mm. Um, if, if there's anything I can do to help, I will. Hmm. And you put it out there. You put it. it out there. So, um, are you you're ready for for Sunday? I hope You've so. You've got your kit. You're kitted out. You're ready. And um, how are you going to prepare yourself mentally when you wake up on Sunday morning? Prepare myself mentally. Um, I think I'm just going to get going. I must be honest. <laughs> like, what do you mean mentally? There's I'm ready. To do, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to eat a lot of food, which is great. It's a nice excuse See, to be able a, to eat. Now, there's a very good reason for me to start cycling. You've just you've just given me the motivation. Eat lots of food. Yeah, that's it. There we go. There Saying we like, go. what more do you need? Are you uh, carbo loading? Well, listen, I, I eat like a pig anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't really. Nothing's going to change much. I think I'm just going to double the intake if possible. <laughs> I hope my mom's listening because uh, she hates cooking for me. There's a lot. Ah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's food. There's a lot of food. I, I eat everything. Do it's you? A, this is a nice excuse that I can eat and then at least lose it in a <laughs> 94 <laughs> flipping K ride. Your mother will be very happy, actually. She'll be happy to cook and prepare for yeah, this I'm sure race. she's going to have a Facebook post or something about this day. <laughs> oh, Daniel, listen, all the best. Thank and you we so hope much. you have a phenomenal race. It's a meaningful race for you. I think it's incredible, you know, what you've done with your life. And once again, inspired, I'm sure, many of our listeners um, and what you're doing for the DL Link. And we wish you, yes, a meaningful but an easy um, 947. Isn't there a, isn't there a, a heat wave hitting Joburg very soon? Yeah, like, well, that's we my luck. That's, that's correct. Okay. That's my luck. And uh, thank you to the DL Link for making our start time <laughs> at half past eight. So we're riding into the sun. Gee whiz. Uh, Just stay hydrated. Hey? Yeah, yeah, stay hydrated. Thank you so Please much. Do. Daniel, lovely having you in the studio. Thank you very much. Daniel Singer, um, he is going to be riding in the Telcom 947 Cycle Challenge um, that's happening on Sunday. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk to one of the sponsors because there is still time for you to sponsor a 
some of the some of the cyclists and we'll find out who sponsored Daniel. Stay with us. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. So Daniel's going to be joining us again because besides the fact that he's doing incredible things with Hatsola and he's a final year law student and he started a startup in July, he's working for a startup um, and riding in the race and raising funds, he's still got a little bit, a little bit to go in terms of a target that he set for himself. Um, and so Daniel, Tell us about how much you decided you want. Uh, what did you want to raise? So the initial goal was to raise anything. The moment uh, yeah. the moment the donation started rolling in, I said, like, let's try to get to ten thousand. Let's have a target. Okay. I started promoting it on my Facebook page. So just go to my. I'm, I'm a public. Uh, <laughs> it's public. Anyone can go on my page. I'm no privacy setting. So Dan Singer and uh, all the information's there. Just follow the link. And, uh, yeah, just donate whatever, anything and everything will help. Let's try to get to 10,000 so far. Where are you now? 9,000. Okay, we've got 1,000 to go. 1,000 to go. I think we can do that, to be honest. So just, just be very clear. What do people have to do if they want to make sure that you hit your 10 grand? So just search on Facebook, Dan Singer. Go to my page. You'll see that I think it's the first post there on my status is uh, the link. Follow yeah. that link and click on the drop-down box. You'll see my name there. Listen, if we donate to anyone, it doesn't really matter. My name would be better so I can reach the 10,000. <laughs> but any donation to the DL link will help. Oh, great. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks lovely, for lovely. Me. Wonderful. All the very best. Have an awesome day, guys. And you too. So, so Dan Singer, just go to Facebook. Go to his Facebook page. There is a link there. Click on the link and make the donation. Come on, he wants to reach that 10,000 rand. Um, so also in terms of sponsorship, I have um, Stephen Horwitz on the line, who's the MD of Central Welding Works. Um, He's a rider and he is a, a donor. He's, he's an, a DL Link angel. Stephen, um, hi. Great to have hi, you on hi. the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Stephen, how ready are you for Sunday? How ready? Yeah. Well, my claim to fame is it, it's my 22nd ride. Wow. So, we don't get better. We don't train harder and don't get better. We really have a lot of fun. We've got a group, yes. eight or ten of us, we ride together, we're starting at 7.05 hopefully, and we're going to have fun out there. It's a tough ride, as I'm sure you've heard, I didn't listen to most of your call with Dan, but we're going to go out there and hopefully it's not too hot and have fun. So, so if this is your 22nd ride, you've been riding, you've been cycling for how long? So I started cycling in 1995 sure. and somehow entered the first 94.7, it started at Megawatt Park. The very first one? The very first one, which was just You're a, a random ride. There were probably two and a half thousand entrants only. It was as tough as it is, as it is today. And I've never missed one. Gee I've been fortunate was. enough to attend every single one. That's incredible. Do you get a, a VIP status if you've been there from Word Go? Do they even um, know that you've been there from Word Go? They've, they've got a record. Yeah. They're apparently plus minus 120 guys who've done all the rides. Um, they give us a T-shirt or a cap in the pack <laughs> as a gift. Okay. I've been waiting for some cash in the bank, but that <laughs> hasn't materialized yet. Damn. Okay, maybe the cash in the bank, the bank will come. But I know that you're involved in cashing in the bank, certainly with the DR Link team. In terms of sponsorship, tell us, tell us more, Stephen. Okay, so let me tell you this. Ride for a charity was a brilliant initiative by the 94.7 organizers. And I think DL Link Jumped on a few years after it started. I'm this passive cyclist who's just been riding it for all the years, and we didn't do much. 
But we've actually got a group who cycle weekends together over many years. And every year we had a year-end dinner after the ride, hosted by one of our friends. Not sure if I can mention his name. He's a very generous guy, but he'll get cross with me, so I won't do that. Okay. And we, we used to think, what can we give this guy and his wife in appreciation for hosting us? And for two or three years, we got our friends to club, put in some money, and we donated to to you guys, to Dear Link, or to the Dear Link guys, hmm. before Dear Link jumped on this uh, ride, uh, ride for a charity. So we've been here for a couple of years, and I think last year with Dear Link's first year, uh, joining yeah. the ride for charity, and hmm. I didn't enter, I actually was involved with another charity that year, and I got the call from Tammy and couldn't say no. What can I say? They're a fantastic team. They do unbelievable work. Um, unfortunately, been exposed to cancer in the family. And you can never do enough. And to give mm. a bit of a donation from anybody is, is unbelievable. Mm, fantastic. So you've been raising funds in your own way. And who are you going to be riding for on Sunday? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Who will you be riding for on Sunday? No, I'm, I'm riding for, I'm actually riding for Deal Link and another charity. But I'll be in the Deal Link kit. Our company is they sponsored Deal Link, and we got a logo on the shirt. Uh, it's not necessary, but they said they'd do it. And, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, there's a fantastic Jewish cycling fraternity out there. A group, as you've noticed and as you've heard, a fantastic group of guys who generous and willing and charitable people. And Deal Link deserve their share of it. Yeah, that's... Obviously, we want to support them and thank them for all their work they do. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. Um, hope you have a, a great uh, ride on, great race on, on um, Sunday and, and hopefully again next year. Looking forward to chatting right, to you. Have a great ride and all the best to everybody. And Wonderful. Have a good ride. Thank you, thank Keep you. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen Hortz, MD, Central Welding Works. Wow, 22 rides. Uh, incredible. So if you want to sponsor a Deal Link rider, um, please contact the Deal Link or go to the website um, and you can follow all the necessary links from there um, and you'll be able to make that donation. I think very quickly we've got a caller on the line. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, hi there. Uh, so, sorry, let me just turn my sound off. It's, okay. It's uh, Wayne Superfane here. Hello, Wayne. Mr. How's it? H- oh, we haven't spoken in ages, Wayne. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the DL link. You know, as you know, I lost my wife a few months ago. I know, Wayne. I'm and, so sorry. And uh, now I'm a single parent to two beautiful boys. But um, I actually couldn't have managed without the DL link. Mm. Wayne, I know that you, I know it was a, a tough journey for you all, so that the DL link were there, um, as you say, um, thank God for that. And thanks for sharing that with us, Wayne. Are you going to, are you going to take up cycling anytime soon? No, I'm, no, no, I'm too unfit. I'm a cigarette smoker, but, uh, just a massive shout out to them, really. Uh, I don't need, uh, thank God some of your listeners haven't needed to deal with them but uh, god forbid a million times when you do when you do need to deal with them they bend over backwards for you mm. the, the, that's just an incredible organization mm. uh, uh non-profit organization they send me color every every shabbos uh gabby gabby jacobs from the deal link is a uh, gabby joseph is a he's, he's my kid's uh baby brother or whatever you call it um a buddy system and uh, 
they've they've given me a, a helper to to help my kids with the exams and Incredible. homework and all that. So just a massive, massive shout oh, out thank to them. You, and Wayne. I really hope I really hope that they just make as much money as possible. Oh, thank I'm you, Wayne. I'm also appealing to all your listeners: please sponsor them. They really need the money, and they they're just wonderful, wonderful people. Beautiful, Wayne Superfan. Thank you for phoning in. Thank you for sharing that. You heard it. Go onto the DL Link website, make that donation, sponsor one of the riders, so that they continue to do what they do. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I have. If you're cycling on Sunday, may the force be with you. From me, Nikki Seberini. Until next week. Goodbye.